Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome, welcome. It's Glamours. Hey, it's okay. We are going to be doing a lot of exploration of some really quite important topics today and some rather stupid ones. You know us. We like to mix it up. And today I'm so thrilled to have dragged into the pod cupboard two of my favorite people. It's Maria McCurlin and Graham Norton. Woohoo! Hello. We're here Hi. in the pod Ooh. cupboard. It's very squashy in here. It is. It's, it's like zoo pod. <laughs> One of us will be pregnant by the end of this. Is that okay? I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully it's going to be Graham. I think it'll be Dolly the dog. I think you'll be the, you'd be the most paternal, I think, of all of us. Well, and maternal. I hope I'd be the most paternal. Paternal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that makes sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So how are you guys? Yeah, Maria, how are you? I'm good. Well, we both cycled in and um, we slightly underestimated the heat of the day, Joe. So we're both sweating. Like and, the, and the strength of the wind. It's glamour. We're glowing, all right? We're glowing. glowing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I was hoping for some powder from some of the London fashion houses. Oh, well, I actually do have an amazing goodie bag for both of you. <gasps> Nobody Ooh. goes home empty-handed from glamour. Fabulous. Should yeah. I order a taxi? Yeah, please do. <laughs> well, it's not quite as good as the Glamour Awards bags. I that's know a that. very good bag. Yeah. Have you ever had one of those, Maria? No. We, oh, I'm hoping oh, that God, I that's get a awkward. silver Lurex blouse there <laughs> in my Glamour bag. Yeah, well. You probably will. You can just look at that sil- silver Lurex blouse. And we just uh, Maria happened to chance upon my new pussy bow Lurex blouse, and she kind of slagged it off. But I know, I love the sleeves and I love the pussy bow, but it is made of um, a man-made fibre that makes you sweat. Sweat is a theme, clearly. Yeah, but I'm going to glow in it. I'm going to glow. Well, I suggested Botox under the arms. Yes. Also, yes. I think, I'm sorry, aren't we living in a post-pussy bow world now? I don't like the word pussy bow. No, pussy yeah. bow is bad. I, I, yes. What can we say, though, instead? Um, I don't know. A necktie. Vagina bow. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Le- labia. Labia. Beaver labia bow. bow. Beaver bow. That's nice. Alliteration that is, as well. Yeah. This is a new business idea. <laughs> Come on. Let's cut this out of the podcast <laughs> oh, and sorry. get on with our millions. <laughs> so you guys, you, I kind of see you as like a married couple. Is that 
unfair of me. I just can't think of. We I have love your children <laughs> at university. <laughs> One's here today. Four-legged yeah. little dollies in the yeah. house. The whole gay thing is just because there wasn't any gay people on the scene when Graham got it famous. It was a clever marketing tool. <laughs> and then you know it's that thing: fake it till you make it. Then he turned gay. Yeah, and I thought it's was not, that your fault? It's not worth yes, yeah. divorcing him really. Yeah, no, for the sake of the children, we stay together. Well, except we live apart to stay together, which is a good <laughs> yeah. mantra. I think that could be an article in Glamour. Well, it worked. Living for, apart to stay together. It worked for Mira and Woody until it definitely didn't work. So yeah, <gasps> yeah, yeah. Yes. And Helena Bonham Carter and Tim Burton oh. until it didn't work. Well, except yeah. that was a house. That was just an enormous house. I thought they lived next door to each other. Yeah, but they knocked through. Have you ever been to one of those? I went to a rich um, couple's house once and they just spoke to each other via intercom from like separate wings of the house. Like wow. they would watch television in separate wings of the house and intercom each other. Oh it was Joe, the weirdest Joe. thing I've ever seen. Joe, do you have a winter kitchen and a summer kitchen? Of course. Uh, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. yeah, I bet you do, don't you? Yeah, of course you? I do. You're yeah. the one who's doing rather well in <laughs> television and radio. Exactly. Yeah. Maria, do you have a winter kitchen? No, I barely have a kitchen. <laughs> and as it is, I keep my red wine in the oven because I never cook. You know, it's sort of like it was a wine rack. Oh, I'm hitting the mic. As a wine rack, basically, because I never, ever cook. So I think, oh, that space, empty. I'll put my red wine in there. Oh, that's actually a good idea. Clever. Yeah. Yes, I haven't seen that in Homes and Garden magazine. No. <laughs> yet. You haven't it's, seen it, it yet. It's an idea that's going to have its time. <laughs> so tell me, you guys do Radio 2 together. Every Saturday, weekend. Saturday mornings from 10 till 1. Yes, uh, it's my favourite. Yeah, Maria wanders in early and then wanders off and then I'm left yeah. to do the heavy lifting. I wander off looking for things to steal at the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I wander off and chat to people like Tony Blackburn. He's back. Woo! Yay! Um, he never left. He, he did it in his own... Do you know what I mean? He's like, of course Tony Blackburn's there. I always feel like... Well, they did fire him. They but, did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, they Under a cloud. Do you know what I mean, though? It's like, when, sometimes I do think when I'm listening to Tony Blackburn do his 60s hits that he still thinks it's the 60s. He and does. Yeah. He does. Well, that, he, he loves, changed. but he loves all the music. He's, I, I'm a big, big fan of Tony Blackburn. Yeah. He's kind of, I, he's a radio, he's ideal for radio. And so are you two. Are we? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think my favourite thing is because I have babysat Dolly the dog, you Dolly the Wonder Dog. You. We, my daughter and I get very excited when we hear Dolly barking in the studio. Yes. She, she feels like she knows a celebrity. She's you know. very fond yeah. of Dolly the Wonder Dog. He's very fond of taking, I think, Johnny Walker's boom um, to stop you popping on a microphone. You have these sort of fluffy things, fluffy foam things. And Dolly has chewed through many a foam thing. I'm many surprised I haven't been invoiced by the BBC. Well, you will be now. <laughs> because yes, literally millions of people are listening to this as well, we you speak. Chew, you chewed through a wire, Dolly, through to a wire, and, and reduced S Club 7 to S Club 5. Yes, poor Hannah Well, spirit. that's it. Public service, right? <laughs> no, yeah. no, come on. Well, good <laughs> joke, Very good. It is Sorry, S Club. We love S Club Seven. <laughs> or, I, I genuinely do. I like S Club Five better. <laughs> You've yeah. got a book out, yeah. haven't you? What? You've got a book out. Book out. Yeah. <laughs> got book out. Book out. Well, I had a book out. Now it's out in paperback. And it's called Compe- Holding. It's called Holding. And uh, yes, it's out in paperback. I mean, it, it's a novel. It's my first novel. I loved writing it. And Did you uh, love writing it really every no, second genuinely. of writing it? Not every second. Yeah. But I, I'd never written one before. So it, it, you do sort of slightly think, what have I done when you sit down to write it? You know, have I given myself the longest, dullest homework in the world? Um but happily, I overall really enjoyed it. And I've just started the second one and I'm enjoying it. And is it a different thing or is, or is there some sort of trilogy thing going on with it? No, no, there's no link. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't, the, the characters in Holding, uh, I'm not revisiting until everyone hates the second book. And then suddenly I'll find something else for those characters everyone liked to do. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be back. We catch three. up with and them. It, it's sort of like there's, it's sort of set in like a like a village with creepy overtones, almost like Wicker Manny. Well, 
sort of a thing. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I think if you're Irish, it doesn't have those creepy overtones. I think if you're Irish, it's just a totally normal <laughs> village. Um, but I think British people do think it's quite, quite dark and dour. Yeah. But uh, actually, it's just any village in Ireland, I'd say. It's basically you wrote about your childhood. Yeah, and where I know West yeah. Cork, it's all set in West Cork. Even so there wasn't and all those up. all those murders he did as a yeah, yeah. as a child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. that's why you had yeah. to leave. <laughs> Can yeah. I just ask one question? Is the second book set in Ireland, land? It is set in Ireland. Write <laughs> yes. right what you know now, Graham. Exactly. <laughs> so great. I'm going to have to write about Australia then. You are. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But yes. speaking of dark and doer. Yes. How are you feeling about a post-Brexit Eurovision? Well, we can't do any worse. Um, wait and see. You say Graham, that. You no, say that. No. Where are they going to? They, they can't. Re, they can't invent a new position. They can't. They can't leave blank spaces at the end of the the, the um, leaderboard. I have a feeling and, they're working on it right now. And put it in there. It's going to be a very odd Eurovision. Mm. Not just because uh, we have, you know, uh, done Brexit, but also because Russia aren't allowed to go. They're allowed to be in the competition, but she can't physically be Is there. Is that because she sang in the... in the, Where did she sing? She broke, that... she broke some travel ban. Okay. Uh, also, she's in a wheelchair, and maybe the Ukraine isn't that wheelchair accessible. You can't even leave the airport. I don't know. Uh, so, but anyway, she's doing a green screen via Moscow, and which seems to be, to me, that, I, I, know, I, I do wang on and make the Eurovision sound quite serious but it, to me that does seem to go against the whole idea totally, of Totally completely against but in, the spirit. But in actual fact that what it does because there's no such thing as bad publicity everyone's talking about that the fact that she's been banned from appearing she's disabled or not able-bodied or whatever we say these days and she won't get all the atmosphere that might make her win. She'll atmosphere. Sitting, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I love a party with a certain atmosphere. Um, and who, have you listened to any of the songs yet? No. No, there's plenty of time for that. Yeah. And and do you do you still enjoy doing it? I I mean yes, up until last year, absolutely. Yeah. So what happened? Well, no, no, that's what I mean. Like so far, so good. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, I just think that that is why uh, British people watch Eurovision. It's it's for you. Well, I think Terry was the one who kind of turned it into something else. Uh, you know, Eurovision was just Eurovision, and then Terry. It, made it this kind of sort of postmodern ironic thing and I've just kind of continued with that but actually what's happened in the last few years is that it, the people producing it like Sweden or Norway and things have done a really good job so actually it hasn't been that funny this year it'll either be hilarious or kind of tragic I'm not sure which you don't think it will be super slick like Swedish one I have a funny feeling no no it won't but you see the good thing about you doing it is that you genuinely do love Eurovision yeah I do I, I, and I care I care about it I was talking um, yeah. no no you no I was just talking to um, the chap that edits the spectator uh, Fergus somebody no, what is his name is it Fraser Fraser yeah yeah yes. yeah and um, he came in he was talking to Paddy O'Connell who is another Eurovision and they spent half an hour I mean this is a man who edits the spectator it's so totally serious but they spent ages just talking about Eurovision so it's one of those things that allows people to have a kind of crazy side I think. I've been sucked in by all you poems about it it was just not a thing for me growing up I didn't understand we it we let you Aussies in I know no and reason. then they won right no Oh, no, I'm sure they did. I'm, I, look, let's give fake news. Fake news. Yeah. yeah. I like they that. Because Australia yeah. is a very integral part of Europe, as we know. I think they're probably going to beat England this year, though, right? Probably. It's going to be so grumpy. Everyone's yeah. going to yeah. beat England. But our, our, I think she's a great singer, the girl that we've got, whose she's name is. She's got I lungs. Remember. Lucy. She has Lucy. That Lucy. helps. Yeah. yeah. So, listen, we'll see. It's a night out. 
It's a night out. You'll be resplendent in your gingham. Put some gingham on for me. I will. I'll be I'll be in my little rabbit hutch at the back of the hall. Yeah. Yes. And I'll be at home with my Doritos and a jug of wine. Is it okay to avoid no reservation restaurants? Yes. Yeah, Unle- I know. That, to me, that's the end of the conversation. Well, unless yes. you're Oliver Twist, there is no reason to queue for food. Uh, <laughs> it just, it's wrong. It's well, wrong. Why don't you just go to one that's not very popular so you don't have to queue? Yes, well, then you go well, to... Well, then a- how do you find out about those ones? Ah, yeah. 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 well, you, yeah. you stumble upon them and then you tell others about it and then they get... I like that joke, which was, um, you know, when you get to the, to the counter, to the maitre d' and he says, uh, do you have any reservations? And you say, yes, I've thought about it and I really do want to <laughs> eat here. <laughs> I just think have some confidence in your establishment and have some confidence in your customers. Why, to, to book, you mean? Yes. So j- just assume that, yeah. uh, that they will show up and it's going to be fine. I don't get this whole creating the buzz by making it a real ball ache to get into somewhere. But I have to yeah. say, again, we can blame the millennials for this, guys. Is millennials love this stuff. But they're morons. Why do they love it? But they're, they're morons. Why would you... Why if, there, if you've got a choice, I can rock up at this restaurant and just walk in and be sat at my table and eating within sort of 10 minutes. Or I can stand in the street being told, we should be with you in about 45 minutes. Yeah. What's the point of that? I know, but we're old. I can remember queuing on Piccadilly for the Hard Rock Cafe when it first opened. You're kidding. Oh, my God. In 1943. Massive nerd. Total nerd. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you did that. I did that because I was 19 and it was a groovy place to be. I can't believe you were ever that and stupid. You, and you might see Bruce Springsteen, that hot, groovy cat of the time. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I queued. I was at drama school. But I also... I was hoping to get famous. What can I tell you? I hate the... Um, optimism of some of my friends who genuinely think that you can rock up to a restaurant in London that's no reservation policy and be in in about 10 minutes and so I always end up in a grumpy queue me being the grumpy person while everybody else just is really really shocked and surprised that there might be an hour yeah, to but, wait but you've joined the queue with them you should have just walked well, away because uh, you know I get you bullied should, you should, by no, some of my you friends should, you just go our friendship is not worth this <laughs> I don't like you this much see this is why this is why I like your agony Uncle Colin in the telegraph I just feel like this just like take no prisoners no because your friendship isn't that important if their friendship was important you want to sit down break bread and, and share wine together not be stood in the street you know, people, you know, looking at you like you're thinking you're a moron. I don't think any amount of food is worth that, really. Not no. even the Hard Rock Cafe. What would you queue for? At night, sex. You'd queue for sex? No, I wouldn't. I was just making yeah. that up. Have a, have a go. Your turn. There is a YouTube video that there was that woman who did that, wasn't there? Queued for sex? No, she got a queue of men to break a world record. Oh. Mm. They all, they all queued for that and they waited more than 45 minutes, some of them for sure. Isn't that called kabuki or bukaki or something like that? Oh, no, that's only after climax. Then oh, it becomes bukaki. I'm a lady. I, yes. probably, I wouldn't know. A yeah. word with many syllables. It's too yeah. much for yes. me. No, so I think we've all established, really, that pointless. But that, that I do think it's because we're of a certain age. So we don't like the hype and the buzz. We want to go in, sit down. But, but the reason it happens is that it works. It works. And yeah. so it's down to the cost. It, you can't really blame the restaurants. You've got to blame the, the idiots who do it. Yeah. But it's the millennials, as Joe said. It's not us. They're not, it's, it's not geared at our sort of age group. Well, but, that's, 30 and but we can afford dinner. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That's what I always think. You know when you go to like really fancy designer shops and, yes. the, and everything's in small sizes? And I sort of think the person who can fit into this doesn't earn enough to buy it. I do. I must admit I do find that sometimes when, and particularly going to fashion shows and they've dressed up the front row with all their little 14-year-old starlets and they look like little dolls in a dolly box. And it's like the people who can afford this are going to look mental wearing this stuff. Yeah. 
it's so weird. Yeah, it is crazy. I probably shouldn't say that as a fashion magazine. But hey, <laughs> it's I'm out there now. In the yeah. But it is the people, the young yeah. kids, the 14-year-olds on the front row that are Instagram superstars and that get given most of their stuff just to tweet and photograph it and put it on Instagram. That's how it works now, isn't it? All right, Graham. You're so wise. <laughs> All right, Nana. <laughs> Nana is going to sit down now and have a little rest. Instagramma. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A Twitter follower, Ruth Walker, has suggested this topic for us. So thank you, Ruth. And is it okay to admit you're struggling? Ah, Ruth. It's quite a deep one. Sorry you're struggling, Ruth. Mm. Well, she may not be. No, she may not be. Yes, I think the answer is yes. You've got to admit you're struggling. Otherwise, otherwise you absolutely, you sink. Because, you know, you need to say, hang on, this is all too much now. Um, I, I, I am sort of, you know, I am drowning, not waving. It's a a difficult one, though, Graham, because when you are struggling, you feel so low that you just feel that you can't actually, you know, mouth the words to anyone. So you keep kind of, you know, wading through mud. I think we we all cling in those moments to this feeling of shame and this feeling of something humiliating about admitting that you're weak in a way. And I think that it really hurts men and women. It hurts women because we are always you know sort of trying to show that we can do everything and we can hold it all together and we're really super confident we've got careers and we're having amazing sex and we've got the sexy boyfriend and all of that and with men it's just a clear-cut case of nobody wants to admit that they're weak and might need a cry or do you know what I mean it's also that thing of you think that everyone else is doing better than you yes so it, it like I think the, the the classic example is when you run into um, old school friends and you talk about how miserable you were in school and they go but I thought you were really happy That's you really seemed true. really popular and you're looking at them thinking, but hang on you had it all you were on the team you did this did oh no I was so miserable I was yes. incredibly unhappy and I think that's really important to remember in adult life that actually the the person who, who's always in 
the office before you, who always looks great, uh, you know, comes back on Monday with this packed weekend of fabulous <laughs> things they've done. Yeah, they're probably really miserable. They probably just sat in a box <laughs> all weekend. I think it's a difficult one because it is okay to admit you're struggling and your friends will rally round. But there is a tendency, and I have friends like this, I'm not mentioning any names, uh, who, for whom struggling is a way of life. You know who I, you know, and the, and the, the type of person the, I mean. The, the backbone of every conversation. Oh, and, and every time you see yeah. them, it's always a downcast mouth and a sort of, you know, oh, well, you know, another bad thing's happened. And you do start to think, wow, Buzz Killington, um, I'm going to, you know, avoid you. I think you can tell those people when, you know, if they're sort of like, oh, I'm really, I've got this problem, I've got that problem, and you're proactively trying to suggest solutions and they're just batting them all away. Yeah. Well, I can't do that because of this. And I can say, and then that's when it gets really, yes. really draining. And, and then, but then yeah. you, you stop and then yeah. it, they can just be background noise they're just wanging on about it but mm. you know that they've got no genuine interest in changing it yeah that that's become their new normal or their old normal it's just it that is just their way of being but then if you are an old friend of theirs and you think they are going down you know down an avenue and they're this is becoming their sort of their uh, modus operandi how do you then say look you used to be such good fun what has happened to you that has turned you into this person for whom everything is a miserable experience Experience. I think you have to say that. You have to say that. Yeah, I think that's sometimes. Hard. That's like telling someone they've got BO or bad breath. But, but no, but then, but then again, that is difficult because, you know, here you are, you've got a great job, you know, as you say, you know, people are looking at you thinking you've got lots of things going for you. If you've got moany, wangy friend, it's a bit kind of smug and all right for you to tell someone else that. I find that if I've got friends who are struggling, it's very hard for me to kind of tell them to buck up because they're looking at me like, what the hell do you know? But that's why I always try to find the practical way in. Like, you know, well, maybe if you took a bit less on or maybe if yeah. you spoke to that person or went and spoke to that person about that job. But then, I, you know, I have been that person. We've all been that person. And it's actually people like my husband and my friends who've metaphorically given me a duff around the head. And it, it kind of it. works. You know, yeah. if, if someone says to you, Christ, will you stop being so negative? You've got this, 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 this. Yes, okay, this sucks. But here's what we can do about yeah. it. And I've found those moments really but it's a bit Cathartic. like you, Graham. When I, I remember we did an interview, I interviewed the Sunday Times um, many years ago. But you were famous, and I remember saying to you, "You have a sunny disposition, etc., etc." But do you ever get blue? And you said to me, which is an interesting one because you know this is you know doesn't really count. You said, "I think with the sort of life that I've been lucky enough to have and the career that I've been like, it would be obscene if I ever got depressed, except." the most successful people do get depressed and low and blue. Yeah. So, But I think, isn't that... Because I think those people are the people who look to their success for stuff it's never going to give them. Ah, yes. You know, I think people, those people, the career people who are all about uh, money and where they are and status... And everything's defined by that. Yes, yeah. they think it's going to fill... Yeah. That weird emotional void that's been with them since they were a child. Yeah. And of course, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't touch the sides. And so they're left a bit bereft at the end, kind of thing. You know, that's when you get the, what's the syndrome where, you know... Every, paradise syndrome. Yeah, paradise syndrome. That's where you get that, where you kind of think, well, hang on. You know, you see, I won't name her, but there is a, <laughs> there is a, a person who thought being famous would make her happy. It clearly didn't. Then she thought going solo would make her happy. It clearly didn't. Then she thought losing weight would make her happy. It clearly didn't. Let's hope babies has done it. I don't know. Oh, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we leave without finding out. I just want to say one thing. It's like, I am, yes, I think to a lot of people, I gave a talk to a load of students the other night and they do, they put you on that pedestal as being, she's made it, you know, but I find if I'm struggling at work, I, I do think, and Kat, our producer, might roll her eyes or she might agree, but I, sometimes I think if I say to my staff, oh God, I don't know the answer or I'm feeling a bit shit or a bit low, I actually find that it's a little bit rallying that people, if you admit a bit of humanness, I think it makes everybody else exhale a little bit and go, yeah. okay, well, then I could admit that I'm having trouble with this as well. And we sort of rally together as a team. So Vulner- I, that's what I find. Vulnerability is not a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, I agree. It's I think it's a, doses. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I, I think they'd all be a bit worried if I was a complete... Well, it's always, it's always nice yeah. to find out that your boss is not actually a robot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you're in for a surprise. <laughs> you're enjoying glamour hey it's okay and we know you are we are so firmly in the top 100 for itunes now thank you so much for listening but if you are listening and you don't want to miss an episode then definitely subscribe uh log into itunes and search glamour hey it's okay hit subscribe it costs you nothing and then you will always be alerted and you will never accidentally miss an episode can you imagine that horror is it okay to be a hoarder well, you know, I talk as, from somebody who, as someone who is a hoarder and from ex- bitter experience because I have now kind of, you know, seen people, <laughs> this is a Debbie Downer, seen people uh, cock it, pass away, die, and then their children or their relatives or their friends have to go around and just get rid of stuff. You know, basically what happens is your stuff ends up in a bin bag by the side of the road or it ends up in charity shops. I saw a collection of Wallace and Gromit's the other day that I thought some old duffer has collected those for years and years and years. There were sort of thousands of them. Oh, but surely he would have wanted to be buried with them. (laughs) Now they're in a charity shop. But it's when you're in a charity shop and you see a wedding album and you think someone cared so much about that and now nobody cares. You know, my attic, I moved house and... I've um, got the will to live now. (laughs) I, I I moved house and I was away at the time. So I just said, look, put everything in the house in boxes and when I come back I'll unpack I came back I unpacked a few of them I appeared to have enough stuff yeah. so uh, I put the rest of those boxes in the attic I have no idea what's in them they've been up there 12 years um, well why don't you chuck them away because they're in the attic I don't see them they're not bothering me I, don't I, ha- I could store some of my stuff in your attic <laughs> yeah me too my husband would be thrilled what's your storage charges <laughs> but, but, you just, but, yeah, but I suppose throwing it away is the hard bit because actually up there there's probably some very nice glassware there's probably some clothes there's probably some books I don't know stuff that would seem darling it'll be flares up there if you haven't seen them for 12 years and they're back in now but it seems obscene to throw it away and yet realistically nobody actually wants that stuff sometimes I look around at the stuff I've hoarded and I am particularly clothes it's a kind of a hazard of my job but I just I feel a real sense of disgust at how much stuff I've got and that's probably I don't really even like admitting that. But you've got the excuse of, you know, passing it on to your daughter. True. I know people who vacuum pack their old designer stuff and say, oh, I've, I've kept that for girl's name there. But unless it's going to be kind of, you know, a Joelvin museum at some point, and may- and maybe there will. <laughs> Write that down, Kat. Write maybe it there down. will. Yeah. Uh, for the next feature <laughs> meeting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A museum of me. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. That's yeah. a cover line. It is, yeah. Visit the museum, museum of, of you. Yeah. Of you. I'd of make you. it you about the of, reader. Oh, of you, yeah. <laughs> 
And but what is the stuff that defines us? You know, because if you think about it, um, you really don't, you can't wear more than one pair of shoes, you can't wear more than one outfit. And we have stuff and I think, oh, I must get rid of that. But I may need it at some point. Yes. I only ever wear about three pairs of yeah. shoes at the same time. Uh, not at the same time, but you know what I mean, in, in a little block. And yet... Because you've got six feet. I've got... Dozens of the things. But it's because you forget what you've got as well. There's that. Yeah. Do you ever have outfit remorse? Sort of like get out and think, oh, oh of course. that pair of shoes in the back of the attic would have been so much better with this. Is that no, just me? That's just you. <laughs> that's just, that's yeah. just you at the back of the museum yeah. going, oh, no. The momentary the, high the you shame. get when you buy something new. Um, is you know come, that's why we all have too much stuff. But what I do now is I go to charity shops and spend a few pounds. Rather, when I lived in London all the time, and I'd be up and down Bond Street. But you have to be good at charity shopping, which I am not at you, all. You can get good, but you must just get free stuff. Everybody says that. I bloody wish it was true. She paid no, for but, a um, silver blouse. No, no, yeah, no, no. That beautiful, non-sweaty silver blouse. But I think I because I get. Things and I'm, I'm and now well, this is already, I'm, now, I'm, already, I'm about to bite the hand that oh, feeds no, me. Oh no! Careful. Because I'm sure your goodie bag is wonderful. Is there anything in it I need? No, Graham. Well, that's okay, not the point. It. I'll give it to Patty O'Connell tonight. <laughs> but, 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 but you know what I mean. Day. So you, I think you, you've got to understand that um, something being free doesn't mean you need to have it. And I think there's a real weird thing. If anybody offers you anything, like a stupid plastic mug or something, you go, yeah, I'll have that. And you take it home and suddenly it's another thing on but a shelf. Because essentially we're all five-year-old children. Although Ooh. the other day I did, at, a, at one of those charity sales, I did, I had to pack up all these elephants that I'd taken. And like, there was a little girl that went past <laughs> and I said, do you want this elephant? Like I was giving her the crown jewels. And she went, Yes. And so I gave it to her. And then after she and her mum left, I noticed she'd left it. Oh, <laughs> bless. Give it but look, away. You, you've been to the Glamour Awards, Graham. You've hosted the Glamour Awards. And we do a massive goodie bag yes. for all the winners and presenters. But I have seen some huge celebrities literally lose their shit over a free lipstick. I, and it never ceases to amaze me. It's crazy. Really rich people. Yeah. It's like Joan Rivers stealing towels from hotels yeah. by her own admission. Ooh. But also, can I just say, the, the other side of this, the hoarding thing, or you know when you go to, go to somebody's uh, flat, they've just moved house and they've done it all, you do look around and say, where is your stuff? I don't trust those people. Where's the colander? Where's the colander you got when you were a student? Where's the yeah? I know somebody who had a show home like that, and we went around for a drink one night, and she said to my friend, "Could you move your handbag because it's ruining everybody's line of sight through my hallway as they come in the door?" Omg! Yeah. So I'd rather be a hoarder than be that yes anal. Although if I don't get rid of some coats, I am. Gonna, at the very least, get a punch in the face. Yeah. Well, I think that's everything solved and resolved and worked out. And now it's glamour law. And I have you two to thank for it. Thank you, Graham Norton. Thank you, Maria McCurlin. It's been a pleasure, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, don't drink all the wine before you go. But please feel free to stay. Let me stroke Dolly. Clean up Dolly's vomit. I'm, and, wait, uh, I'm waiting for the next features meeting. Do- Dolly's yes. a dog, not Maria's vagina. <laughs> well, we've only got your word for that, Graham. <laughs> They're only listening. There's no visuals. Thanks, everybody. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.